Oh, hey, what are you doing here in this part of town? <laughs> Haven't seen you here before. Hey guys, welcome to episode three of the Dear Universe It's Me podcast. If my voice does not sound familiar to you, it's nice to meet you. I am your host, Jenny Dreyfus. I am currently living in Phoenix, Arizona, where, surprise, it's like 111 degrees and I have closed all my blinds today. I have blasted my AC and I have a sweatshirt and slippers and sweatpants on because that's just how we're going to roll today. So, I realized in episode one, I was so excited and my Leo energy took over that I forgot to mention a few important points about this podcast. So I'm going to take it upon myself to do that right now before we jump into episode three. First thing, I am going to be releasing episodes on Wednesdays. I'm thinking probably two Wednesdays a month, but right now every Wednesday is working for me. So stay tuned, but Wednesday will be the day. Number two, my inspiration for starting this podcast really was around having raw conversations and having inspiring conversations and interviews. So that being said, that is what you can expect mostly on this podcast. Granted, today's a solo episode. Episode one was a solo episode. I am figuring out the virtual interview situation because of COVID right now. So hang in there, but that's what you can expect. Third thing, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, give me a follow. I'm linking my tag in the description of this episode. Also subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. On Instagram, I do ask questions on my stories before I record an episode and I ask for feedback or for comments or for answers to a question and I integrate those into the episode. So make sure you follow me and you can be a part of the family, part of the community on here. The fourth and final thing I wanted to mention, at the end of episode one, we did a collective breath together before we ended the episode, and I got a lot of really good feedback on the breath, and I wasn't expecting that, so that's very exciting. So I've decided to integrate the breath into the intro of each episode. So before we jump into the topic of the day, we will take a breath together, because why not? It's good for your nervous system. It's good for your mental health and we just need more oxygen. So you can expect that from this podcast. Now getting into episode three today, which is all about empaths. I'm sure a lot of you have heard that term several times. That term came up in my life when I started going to therapy after my divorce was finalized and I identify now as an empath or an HSP, highly sensitive person, but this isn't something that I really felt like I grew up with necessarily, even though I had experiences with ghosts, you could say, in my childhood. So I think my trauma maybe helped this manifest more. But in this episode, I want the intention to be affirming to you if you are an empath that it's okay, that it's a beautiful gift, and that you're not alone, that everything you're feeling is normal. If you have zero idea what an empath means or what it means to be sensitive, I hope this episode helps to educate you a little bit because a lot of people in our world are sensitive or empaths and it makes our world great. These people also really need to take care of themselves. So we're going to talk about how to balance out and how to cleanse your energy and all of those good things, but know that it's a beautiful gift. So some quick things about empaths before we jump in. So an empath is someone, for example, where they can walk up to you and say, hey, how are you? And you say, eh, fine, even if you're not really fine. And they will stop you and be like, nah, you're not really fine. It's because they can feel it. They can feel that you're not fine in their own body. A lot of people will go to empaths for advice. Empaths tend to root for the underdog in a lot of situations because they can feel so deeply. They can feel what those people are are, are wanting to manifest and they just care a lot. It's a lot of feelings all the time. And a lot of times these people also can't watch violence on TV. So 
if any of those things resonate to you, continue to listen because we're going to get really deep into it. And last thing, this goes without saying, you guys, but there is no judgment in this podcast community whatsoever. I have zero judgment. There is only compassion here. Compassion brings clarity. Compassion is revolutionary. I'm here for compassion. Compassion for you as a listener. Compassion for myself as I navigate doing a podcast. So just know that we are all carrying some sort of pain that I think has dehumanized us, dehumanized us in one way or another. And this pain shapes us to be who we are today. And we need to honor that. And it's a beautiful thing. So before we jump in, just know that everything we're talking about today is around the human energy system. That's it. So let's take a breath together. Wherever you are, my friends, if you are driving, if you are cooking, if you are lying down, just start to find areas in your body that might need a little more love right now or a little more relaxation, any areas where you're carrying heavy tension or anxiety. And as you tune into your breath, your pranayama, your life force, just come into your body a little bit and consciously make the decision to give yourself some love for this next minute or so and just focus on you. Nothing else matters for the next minute you can give to yourself. Rolling your shoulders up and back down. Maybe imagine that there is a bright white, pure light coming in through your crown, illuminating your entire energy system, giving you only light and love in your life right now. Relax your jaw. If your tongue is on the roof of your mouth, release it. And then on your next exhale, release all of the air from your lungs, making space for new love and new energy always. And then take a deep inhale through your nose, feeling your belly and your lungs expand. You are making space. You are inviting love into your life. Hold this breath at the top. Beautiful. And open your mouth, release it. Maybe make an audible sound if that feels good to you. Take one more breath on your own, this time in through your nose and out through your nose. Beautiful, you guys. Try to keep that sense of calm throughout your day today or throughout your evening, wherever you are. Just know that you are loved and you are seen. And by doing little things like breathing and giving back to yourself in that way, you're making the world a exponentially better, healthier place. So I feel like that's a fitting thing to do before talking about empaths, these beautiful people that feel so deeply about others around them. So without further ado, (laughs) so fancy, let's jump into episode three of the Dear Universe It's Me podcast talking all about empaths. Jay-Z once said, If you're having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a bleep ain't one. And the empath remix to that is, if you're having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but 89 of those problems aren't my problems. They're your problems. Yes, I can feel you nodding your head for those of you who who can identify with the remix version. So I want to just start by saying that I think all human beings are born with empathy to some extent. I went back and forth today thinking, are people born with no empathy and they learn it through their childhood and through human nature and nurture? Or are people born with an abundance of empathy and we're all born as highly sensitive people and are 
human condition and our environment makes us put up protective shields and we lose that ability. I really don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I'm not an expert. I am here to tell you that you're not alone if you feel these things. You're not alone. So why I say that I think humans are born with empathy to some extent, whether it's one end or the, or the other end, I think an example of this is when you're a baby, you come out of the womb and for, you know, 15 years of your life, you need someone to help keep you alive, to help grow you, to get you through the world, to help you navigate situations. And if we look at deer, for example, deer might be a bad example, but you know what I mean. Animals, some animals, they can pop right out of the womb, stand up on their legs, see ya, I'm out. We as human beings are hardwired for connection. We are hardwired for love. We are hardwired to feel. Feeling is a good thing. Feeling is a beautiful thing, and if you have ever been told otherwise, those people can take a seat because it's a beautiful gift. And being a deep empath, when when I mean being a deep empath, I mean there's a spectrum. Like anything, there's a spectrum of being an empath. When you are a super deep empath, it means that you are extremely sensitive to energy around you. You're so sensitive to other people that without even meeting someone, you can pick up on what they're feeling. If they're having a bad day, a good day, if they're sad, if they're happy, you can feel that. And not only do you feel that, but you put it on yourself. You either physically manifest it or you emotionally manifest it to the point where sometimes you don't know if you're feeling your emotions or if you're feeling someone else's emotions. So if you're an empath and you're in crowded places a lot, that might be a sign. You're feeling too deeply. Um, Not too deeply. It's a good thing. You know what I'm saying. Um, I think that there is high and low vibrations out in this world. And a quick way to describe being an empath to you is vibes. So you know, when you meet someone for the first time, and you maybe look at your friend and you're like, bad vibes, bad vibes, bro. That is an example of you feeling their energy. The song, um, Picking Up Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. Good vibrations, vibes, energy, good vibrations. You'll hear me use that word quite often in this podcast because I think it's important. Raising your vibration is essential to a lot of the interactions you have in your own life. So when we look at the empath scale, we see on one end HSP, which is highly sensitive persons. These are people who, again, they can pick up on other people's energy, they can feel it, but they're not affected by it in their everyday life. They're just aware of it. They're sensitive to it. Then you have empaths, people like myself who feel that, but also take it on themselves. And sometimes it can manifest physically, sometimes it can manifest in your emotions, um, it affects your daily life and your routine. Maybe it affects going to social center, social situations, going into social situations. Maybe it affects going to crowded malls, concerts, whatever it might be. Um, so that's just another example. After you get path empath, you get path empath, get past empath, you reach something called clairsendence. Clairsendence is taking being an HSP and an empath to one more dimension. So when you have clairsendence, you can connect with energy that maybe is not living in this world anymore in the physical form. Um, You can see things from the past when you're talking to someone who you've never met before. So not only are you sensitive, not only are you empathic and deeply, deeply empathetic, but you can also feel things on a psychic level. 
So that's kind of an easier way to describe it. And I would say most of the world and most of what we're talking about today is going to be people who identify as sensitive and empathic. And I know in my life, I have several, 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 several empaths. Most of them are yoga teachers. So there are professions that I think people who feel a lot gravitate to, which is also quite interesting. So like I mentioned, clairsendence is the feeling of spirits, the feeling of presence. Um, And I want to mention this because this happens to me and I don't know what it means yet. But if any of you listening get goosebumps at random times throughout your day, when you're not cold, you're not hot, you maybe a memory comes to your mind or um, a thought or you're thinking of someone or you're around someone or if you play with tarot cards, this happens to me very frequently. When I have my deck open, I get goosebumps. That can sometimes be an indication that there is spirit with you. There's a lot of energy with you. And uh, you feel that presence through a physical manifestation. People who are empathic or clairsendent can almost always pick up on someone who's lying. And not just in the way that maybe uh, someone who doesn't identify like that can. Like they can really, really tell when you're lying because they can feel it in themselves. So... My experience with being an empath, um, where do I start? So I would say growing up in Texas, we lived in a haunted house, confirmed haunted, and my parents now tell me stories that frankly freak me out a little bit, but feel familiar too, because in my my life now, living alone in my apartment, um, I do experience things, and it doesn't scare me now, but it did when I was little. And in this haunted house, I would hear things, I would feel things, I would tell my parents that I would see things, and never really thought too much of it. I grew up and entered a toxic relationship, the one that I mentioned in episode one with my ex-husband. Very, very toxic. Um, I would identify him as a narcissist completely, and the narcissist-empath relationship is very, very common. A lot of people who are deeply empathic have been with people like that because they want to change them. They believe, I am the person who was put here to make you better. And that's just not the case. Whereas the narcissist in that situation is like, oh yeah, like you care about me so much. I, I can do whatever I want to you. And you're always going to be there. You're going to do what I need you to do. And that was me tenfold. It was a straight up addiction to the narcissist. And I re- recognize that now. And I think that helped develop my empathic abilities a little bit because I shielded myself so much. I shielded, shielded my own feelings because I was feeling everything that he was feeling in his life. Sadness from estranged family members, addiction issues. I felt it all as it was my own. Um, I remember there would be times when I would start to cry. I, you know, he came up into the bedroom and I was crying and I had no clue why I was crying. Like, I had zero idea. I wasn't sad. And and he was like, you have nothing to be sad about. Like, your life is perfect. I should be the one crying. Well, I was crying because of his energy. He was, he had all this baggage and it, it was so bankrupt. Um, his energy was so bankrupt that I took it on as my own and had to release it. And that's how I released it was through crying. So it was really when I got divorced that I realized and actually now talking about it to a, to my life coach that that really helped to uh, make me realize that meh, maybe I'm a little bit sensitive to energy or maybe I'm an empath a little bit. So up until then, I still had weird things happening with spirits. I woke up one morning and the chairs on around my dining room table were flipped upside down and I there was no one there who could have done that. 
Um, when I first moved here to Arizona, my water faucet turned on by itself, and I believe that was my grandma. She does this often. I, it sounds crazy to whoever's listening, but it does not, it does not scare me anymore. But all of these different things helped me realize that maybe I was HSP or an empath. I did Reiki training, so I'm actually certified in Reiki level one, which is um, in the healing arts. And I did that because I felt a lot and I thought maybe if I feel this much, I can put it to good use. I was told all the time, you're too much, you're too sensitive, and I'm still really sensitive. I just acknowledge it. I can't watch violent movies even to this day because if I see <laughs> if I see something violent in a movie... I feel it. I don't like it. I My stomach starts to hurt. If I see a rape scene in a movie, I physically feel like I'm going to vomit. Things like that. And if you identify that way, you might also um, be an empath. I've been told that I've lived many, many lives. So if you believe in past lives, um, that can also play into it, I believe. So, with, you know, my codependent relationship, his baggage was my baggage. Um, I didn't know how to manage it at all. And I carried that shit everywhere with me. So I think as a trauma response to my pain and all the arguing and the toxicity and the abuse in my marriage, my uh, empath self really developed. I apologize if you hear my air conditioning click on. I, I don't know if you can, but so that's kind of my experience with it. I could not tell the difference between his energy and my energy. Therefore, I manifested it as my own um, I think it was such masculine, toxic, narcissistic energy that I couldn't acknowledge it. And it affects my life now, unfortunately, but that's all part of the beautiful journey. So I do really think that post-traumatic stress or traumatic experiences that have changed people, um, and they do change people, it forces you to either put up a wall that, because you have trauma um, and fall on the very, very, very empathic side where you care about people so much, but you don't give any of that inward and you just feel everything and it's a lot, or you become narcissist, which is what my ex-husband did. So there's, I really think it can shape you. Um, that being said, I know I mentioned this in episode one as well, but the reason that yoga and, and dance were so safe for me is because I felt um, like I was in a structured, really, really, really safe environment to open up my heart and to let myself be vulnerable and to allow myself to feel what other people were feeling because it was supportive. It was familiar. Um, it was really, really healing. So those are two spaces that allowed me with this new empathic sense of who I was to flourish and to feel safe. I have a lot of crystals in my home. I wear crystals as jewelry, and that is because I'm protecting my energy in home and out in public. So there are things you can do. People who are also deeply empathic think to themselves, what you like? What are my needs? Um, how sacred are you to yourself? Do you have any energy vampires in your life? People who just suck your energy dry. You have, as an empath, you have to deem yourself worthy of protecting your energy, especially now in quarantine. Especially now, because the world is crumbling. Um, I think. There is a seed be, being planted. I don't think it's being buried, you guys. I think the universe is planting a seed for us, and that is COVID. That is the civil rights movement happening. I, don't, I do not think it's being buried. I think it's being planted, and we will grow stronger. However, these are all things happening, and if you're an empath, you must, must deem yourself worthy and protect your energy. So... That being said, I want to list off some signs that you are an empath. 
And these are things that I have brainstormed, I have wrote down as, as things that my friends have told me they feel or things that frankly, I've experienced, I've done a little bit of research listening to some of my favorite podcasters who talk about spirit and energy and completely validated everything that I have felt. And that's why I want to give it back to you. So signs that you are an empath, you feel deeply. Duh. I think that's a duh, but you feel deeply in the sense that um, you have, I'm not, and I'm not just talking about being a cancer, you guys, that's <laughs> the first thing I thought of. Cancers feel a lot of emotions, they're amazing. Can you imagine being a cancer and a super empath? Ooh, if you're out there, let me know how you are um, filling your cup, but you feel deeply. You take a lot of things on as your own emotions, you, it's overwhelming. Enough said on that one. Another sign that you might be an empath. You're intense. If you've been told that you're intense, you're not intense. You are meaningful. You're impactful. You are a fire queen. Fire queen or king. I have been told by many a man who I have dated that I'm too intense. You're just too much. You're too intense. When you look at me, I feel like you're looking into my soul. Well, yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. And it's not a bad thing. So if you're single and you've been told you're intense, you're not alone and hold out for the right one. But if, but you know, a lot of people say that empaths are very intense people. Um, and it's because there's a lot of feelings in here. It's a lot to manage. Another sign that you're an empath. You cry when other people cry. This is a really big one. I always thought I was crazy because this would happen to me. I remember uh, I was at the airport and there was a couple next to me and the woman was crying and out of nowhere my eyes started watering and I wasn't sad. There was nothing in my life that would have made me cry but she was crying and so I felt that on a level that made me also release in a physical way. So things like that, if you watch a movie and someone's crying and you start to cry, not because it's a sad point in a movie, but because someone is expressing emotion, you might be an empath. If you watch those, there's so many commercials uh, that I can't watch because it's just too much. Uh, I mentioned violence earlier. That is another physical reaction to something emotional that I cannot handle. Another sign that you might be an empath. The news is painful to watch. The news is very, very negative. And I, as an adult, completely recognize that I need to set limits for myself when watching the news because it does permeate my happy bubble. In the morning, I've made a new routine of meditating and having my coffee and journaling and, and expressing a lot of gratitude for the life I live. And when I turn on the news after doing that, it just is like, hmm, that was pointless because the news can be so negative that it drains you and you, f and you feel all of it as an empath and it sets the tone for your day. So if the news is also painful for you to watch on a level that's not just, yeah, this is sad, but you really feel it, <sighs> tune into that. Uh, really think about that. I've mentioned this many times, but another sign is that your emotions can make you physically ill. This is a pretty big one. Um, yeah, it's a pretty big one. I have had moments where I was so sad and depressed that I felt, well, I mentioned this in episode one, I felt like I was going to die, but quite literally, like I, my stomach would hurt or I would get a headache. Um, things just would manifest for me. 
And I know that a lot of you listening have experienced these things as well. As well. Uh, and they're important things to tune into. Um, protecting your energy, like I mentioned, is a big one. Then I'll mention some more ways you can do that at the end of the episode. Um, another sign that you're an empath. Okay, now we're really getting into it. <laughs> Perfectionism and the need for control. So when you're an empath, I think sometimes you can focus on other people as an act of avoiding your own problems and simultaneously as an act for protecting yourself so that you do not have to feel your emotions. You feel other people's emotions on purpose as a trauma response because you don't want to feel your own emotions and it comes out as you have to have control, you have to be perfect, you have to be in control because if you're not in control and things aren't exactly perfect, you're going to feel something that you don't want to feel. I think another sign is that you're a people pleaser. I don't mean people pleaser in the sense of being at work. I mean, literally, your life revolves around pleasing people at the expense of your well-being, at the expense of your energy. At all costs, you will make people happy, and it's because you maybe feel afraid of feedback. You feel afraid of rejection. So you just say, yes, whatever you want to do, I'll do it. Yep, I'll do that, and I'll do that because it's um, protecting yourself. When you make other people happy at all costs, you don't have time for rejection. You don't have space for any feedback where you might be vulnerable. Um, and I do see some of these traits in myself. I am a people pleaser and it is uh, something I need to actively work on. Um, but if you say yes to things that you know you want to say no to and you say yes anyways because you are thinking about the other person and less about yourself please take a moment to reflect on that and make a note to revisit that later because it is important to take care of yourself. If you pour from an empty cup, that doesn't work. You cannot fill your cup if you're empty. Uh, you have to take care of yourself so that you can take care of the people in your life that deserve your attention. You have to say no sometimes. And I hate doing this. I hate saying no. My friend Casey um, was at my house a few weeks ago and we were doing a tarot reading and she said that, you know, oh, let's do one more. I'm going to stay a little bit. I'm so happy we're here. And it was so hard for me to say, no, I really need my alone time. I'm really tired. I had traveled that day. And it literally, with every fiber in my being, was so hard to be like, no, I think I really need alone time. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't rude. I didn't ask her to leave, but um, she's a good friend and she understood. She was like, of course, of course, next time. But that's an example of how it can be really, really hard when you're an empath to say, no, I need to give myself some energy back. Lack of boundaries is another sign that you might be an empath, my friend. So, oh boy, lack of boundaries. It goes back to being a people pleaser. And I'm, I just heavy side because guess what? Surprise, I don't have boundaries a lot of the time. You just don't set up parameters for yourself because you want to give to other people so much to uh, fill their cup and you feel you feel everything from other people so you know what they're feeling you know what they need so you want to give that to them at the cost that sometimes it might hurt you and so little baby empath you got to give to yourself 
Um, the last thing I wrote down is that you are deeply afraid of success. Not you. I'm not calling you out I, as the listener. I'm. <laughs> that's just what I wrote, okay? Being deeply afraid of success. I think that links to self-sabotage because self-sabotage is familiar even if it's harmful. When it's familiar, it means you're in control. When it's familiar, it means you know the outcome and you're not going to have to open yourself up. Uh, because again, you feel so much about what other people feel and you take it on as your own that you're not able to recognize what your emotions are and what you're feeling versus what other people are feeling. So if you identified any of these traits in yourself, I'm going to take a sip of water. I can't wait to have more guests on. Solo podcasting is hard, y'all. Oh, your mouth gets so dry. Okay. So if you recognize any of these traits in yourself, there are ways that you can balance it out and there are ways that you can improve a vibe. So the word vibe, again, vibration. You can raise the vibration of where you are, raise the energy, raise the frequency uh, and make it more positive and nurturing for you. So ways to balance yourself out if you are an empath. The first one, baths. You guys, the amount of friends I have who are empaths that are always in a freaking bathtub makes complete sense to me now. So I, I actually am deeply afraid of the ocean. <laughs> I, l I love the beach, but do not ask me to go into the ocean water. I won't do it. I like baths, but not as much as some as not as much as some of my deeply, deeply empathic friends do. So when you're in a bath, um, I think of it as a sponge. So when you're an empath, your sponge is full of everyone else's crap. And when you are in a bath, your sponge can kind of wring out a little bit. It can, all that stuff from other people can kind of dissipate and you feel safe and secure and you can give back to yourself. So things that I also recommend, and I do this as well when I take a bath, add some lavender oil or some Epsom salt. Uh, light a few candles. Again, these are all things that you can do to really raise your vibration in the bathtub. Vibration and bathtub should not go in the same word. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I just can't be serious. It's just not quite in who I am yet in my 29th year of life. So um, incense. I have incense lit right now, right next to me. Incense is a great way to help balance out your energetic vibes um, breath work. So we breathe at the beginning of each episode. Breathing and just being in tune with your body is an excellent way to dictate what's, what, what is your emotion and what is someone else's emotion. Reconnect to your body. Reconnect to your breath. Uh, your pranayama ujjayi breath. It's your life force. It's who you are. Connect to it. It's powerful. Seeking a life coach or an energy worker. I mentioned Reiki earlier um, and I mentioned my life coach. So, so um, these are also ways that you can balance out what you're feeling. The good thing about a life coach is it's a neutral person that you can talk to and you can open up. You can release some of your energy. You don't have to hold on to everyone else's. You can release it. Um, so highly recommend. It's It's been instrumental to me. In fact, my life coach has a workshop in August all around being an empath and ways that you can get back to yourself. So if you're interested, send me a DM on Instagram and I think she has some spots left. She's amazing. Um, and also my friend Jen, who I really hope to have on the podcast. She is a, an energy worker and a light worker and does Reiki from anywhere. So um, again, if you're interested in any, any work there, let me know because they are both amazing. Ways to balance, setting boundaries. 
it's hard. It's really hard to set boundaries. But if you can just choose a day of the week or a time of day to put your phone away, even if you have a million notifications, no one's going to die. They can wait. Alone time. So I put out the question on my Instagram and I said, if you're an empath, what are things that you do to recenter or to give back to yourself? I had one person respond and say nothing. As there's intentional silence there. I'm not editing out that silence. They said nothing. And it, it makes my heart hurt because you have to give back to yourself. But again, that kind of reiterates you being an empath is so much. It's so much that you don't want to do anything for yourself because you just want to be there for everyone else. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, but it, at, that, at what cost? Um, I had someone say taking a bath. Yes. Like I mentioned, water is really powerful for empaths. Uh, someone said alone time is, yeah, you have to, ha- you have to have alone time. Um, my friend Maria Clara, she said reading with coffee and tea. Yeah, so these are all really nice self-care things that you can do to, again, have your alone time, give back to yourself, uh, and, and set your boundaries. So it was nice to see people in my life respond with things like this, and these are people who I thought were probably just go, go, go all the time. They never have alone time. They're just always happy and perfect. And it's a reminder that we are all human beings. We all need time for ourselves. We all need to unplug sometimes. And empaths, you are not an exception to the rule. Take care of your damn self. Okay, how to improve improve a vibe. So we just went through some ways to balance out um, being an empath. If you have very stressful days, baths, oils, incense, breath work seeking help from a life coach or an energy worker, hit me up if you need recommendations, and then setting boundaries and having your alone time. Give those things a try if you're feeling overwhelmed. And I guarantee you in some way, shape, or form, you will start to identify your own emotions and feel a little bit more full. So ways that you can improve a vibe. Um, So Sage, at the beginning of the episode, you heard my lighter go off. You guys, I sage my apartment once a day. Once a day. Sunday, I do a deep sage. Um, but I light my sage every single day. Sage is meant to cleanse. Cleanse out any bad energy. Promotes good energy. Improves a vibe. There is smokeless sage. If you don't want to light it, you on Amazon, just look up sage spray. There's amazing sage spray. You can spray all over your apartment, wherever you are. I literally had a sage spray at my desk at work. That's how seriously I take I take it. I got made fun of for it, but it was there all the time. So that's a nice way that you can cleanse and improve a vibration. Palo Santo. Um, so while sage cleanses, Palo Santo smooths out energy. I sometimes use my Palo Santo because I've read that it can be more powerful than sage. I don't know how factual that is. Again, it's all belief. But Palo Santo is really good. Uh, Sage and Palo Santo you can get on Amazon. Honestly, like it's nice to go to a shop and stuff. But with COVID happening, Amazon has good sage. That's where I get mine. In Palo Santo. And if you've never smelt Palo Santo wood burning, you haven't lived. It's like a beautiful... beautiful forest. It, it's so good to light if you're meditating or if you also just want to um, light it and smooth out some energy around your house. Clear quartz. So the rest of the things I'm going to list off the next few are crystals and that's a whole other episode, but clear quartz clears um, energy and also improves a vibe. So tourmaline, 
um, repels low vibration. I actually keep this on my uh, tarot box where my tarot cards live. Um, and I see this a lot with most people who have tarot will put tourmaline on. I hope I'm saying that right. We'll put it on their tarot box. So that repels anything low and therefore improves the vibe. Uh, amethyst is the beautiful, I have one right next to me actually. It's the beautiful purple um, crystal. And like mine is a cluster and it's, God, amethyst is so beautiful. And amethyst attracts, so it attracts good energy, attracts good vibes. It's also good for communication and a bunch of other things, but talking about vibrations, that's a good one to have, especially if you're doing any work around tarot. Um, there's my AC again. I'm sorry if you can hear it. So amethyst is a great one to have. Rose quartz. I also have a rose quartz by me. I have a rose quartz in my purse. I have a rose quartz uh, on my uh, tarot, uh, ang- what's it called, uh, um, altar. I have rose quartz everywhere. Rose quartz brings love. And as you can imagine, um, I am a lover, but I long. I really long for love in my life. I long. I really long for connection and human connection. So I keep rose quartz everywhere. Um, and then the last two I wrote down for how to improve a vibe is music and love. So music creates good vibe good vibes, good energy. I play music all the time and it, for obvious reasons, lifts your spirits, lifts your vibration. So if you're an empath and you've had a hard day, put on some of your favorite music or some low-key music and then love can improve a vibe. Love is obviously something you can't buy, you can't light it, but calling someone and telling them that you love them or if you have a crush on someone, tell them that you like them. These are all things which I should act on. I don't do this ever. If you like me, I need you to tell me first because I'm never going to tell you first. It's very rare unless I've had a few glasses of wine. Then I might, but uh, love will improve a vibe so much. So just putting love out into the universe and telling someone you love them, giving someone a hug. Um, Actually, speaking of hugs, that's a good segue before we kind of wrap up. So when you hug someone, that is actually a direct transfer of energy. So energy is obviously in the air, but when you touch someone... Like in Reiki, it's, um, it's direct and it's intense. So keep in mind, you can say no to hugging people. I feel like I shouldn't even have to say this. I've actually, I have had someone tell me they don't want to hug me. That's all right. That's fine. Some people are cautious of that if they feel an energy or a vibration. Vibe is off. So you can say no to hugging people. You can say no to touching people if that's going to be an intense energy transfer for you. Being an empath is amazing. It's a gift and the world needs more empaths. But keeping that in mind, know that you come first and you deserve to protect yourself. At all costs, you deserve to protect yourself. So I actually just looked up the dictionary definition of being an empath because I felt like that's important too. I know there's people out there that need something more concrete. So empath is a noun. Um, And it is a person with the paranormal ability to apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual. That is kind of a more uh, scientific term, but that's what it means. And the different types of empaths, because I know we just scanned over a lot, but there are different types. There's, for example, there's the emotional empath. They absorb emotions and sorrow and things like that as if it was their own. There's the physical empath where you can feel physical pain and symptoms from others who are suffering uh, physically. 
Um, there's the geomantic empath. This one's not talked about as much, but it's basically fine attunement to physical landscapes. So like a place, a house, or a country, you feel those things really deeply. The earth empath, close connection to planet earth and nature. Uh, so like if the tides change or if there's a storm, that affects your emotions. The intuitive empath, um, someone who's in tune with his or her inner state and they let their intuition lead them and guide them. And then the last one is the animal empath. And that's someone who, same as the emotional empath, has the ability to feel and understand the emotion of animals. So these are just six types of empaths that I'm familiar with. Again, I'm not an expert. These are, these are just things that I'm familiar with. So to wrap it up, I think being an empath is one more thing I wanted to say is that there are places that are can be detrimental for an empath. So angry offices. I work at a very, very fast paced nonprofit. And before COVID hit, when we were in the office, it wasn't angry, but it was a lot of energy all the time. And I was wondering why I was coming home completely depleted, com- just so pooped and wiped out. Now in my, in my spiritual journey, in my awakening a little bit, I can identify why, right? Hopefully that clicks for some of you too. Violent or traumatic movies, which I know I mentioned, but empaths obviously, you know, sometimes can't watch those. Group therapy sessions. This is an interesting one, but it makes sense if you're deeply empathic because you are picking up on everyone else's stuff. Planes, trains, and buses, very, very overwhelming for an empath. These don't personally overwhelm me. I love to travel. It doesn't bother me. But there are people who are so far on that empath scale, almost to the clairsendent stage, where being in um, crowded places like that or even at concerts can be like, whoa, whoa, Nelly, like, I need to get out of here. And then the last one would be hospitals. So for for reasons, I think um, that one makes a lot of sense. So I think the sad thing that many of us empaths, speaking about myself too, something that we don't realize is that often our desire to heal other people can be disguised as a cry for help for our own healing. I think because many of us who feel this so deeply, we were not taught how to value or nurture ourselves at a young age spiritually. So we tend to unconsciously seek out our own healing and the healing of others. Um, And I actually found a blurb that mentioned this on Pinterest. So those words are not entirely my own, but it's incredibly impactful and, and just take care of yourselves and know that you matter and you are in this world for a reason and being an empath is truly a beautiful thing. And uh, I hope this was helpful. If you identified with, with any of this, I would love to hear from you. You can slide into my DMs as usual on Instagram. You uh, can send me a message um, through the Anchor app, which my podcast is promoted off of. So there's a lot of ways that you can give me feedback and I want to hear it. So thank you so much for listening. This never gets old and I'm blessed to be here with a microphone doing uh, what feels right for me and putting out good stuff into the universe for you to listen to. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am just an average girl who is in this world trying to make a difference and 
put out some positive vibrations. So if you have any questions about anything that I mentioned today, please reach out to me. Please reach out to me. Uh, Send me a DM or let me know how you feel. Um, I'm here for you and I just can't wait to see you guys in future episodes and in the next episode. And take care of yourselves out there. Take time for you this week. Carve out an hour or two, maybe a whole day for yourself. What the heck? (laughs) Go all out. Do it. So you know how we end things on Dear Universe. It's me. (sighs) Please know that the divine light within me sees and honors and loves and cherishes the beautiful, bright, strong, sturdy, self-loving divine light that is within each and every one of you. I truly see you all for who you are, and I thank you for being here. See you on the next episode.